Federal Reserve's hikes rates by the most since 2000. As Beijing delayed a full lockdown, shipments from China to the United States is 74 days longer. What is the nature behind the debate around Roe v. Wade? Why it's a 154-year-long era? And what is the implication of the leaking of the draft ruling by the Supreme Court? Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Win Kathy Show. I'm your host, Kathy Zhang. So today, it was still by myself. We is still uh, in the business trip. So, uh, but uh, actually, today's analysis incorporates um, some of uh, Wei's view on this uh, case of uh, Roe v. Wade. So, I think you, you know. Uh, would be interested in hearing about that. It's um, it's a kind of long analysis, uh, but I think both we and myself think it's very worth uh, discussing. All right, so uh, first let's take a look at a couple of news today. The Federal Reserve today raised interest rates by 50 base points as part of the efforts to fight the 40-year high inflation. This is the most since year 2000. Officials served on the Federal Open Market Committee agrees to hike the benchmark Fed fund rate and bringing it to a target rate of 0.75% um, to 1%. Investors widely expected the Fed's decision as the financial markets are also anticipating another 50 base point rate hike in June. The Fed will also begin trimming the more than $9 trillion balance sheet. It confirmed that it will start selling $47.5 billion in assets. After three months, the central bank would increase it to $95 billion, a measure that might reduce liquidity from money market for several years. An update from China. The Chinese Communist government has not imposed one of its um, dynamic zero-COVID policy lockdowns on the capital city of Beijing, but more of the city slips into lockdown territory with each passing day. On Wednesday, the city shut down much of its mass transportation system, making it nearly impossible for residents to leave. Beijing shuttered over 60 of its subway stations on Wednesday, mostly in the Chaoyang district, which we told you about, which is the you know, most affluent population, including those uh, foreigners' uh, resides, where the bulk of the city's uh, uh, coronavirus infection have been reported. 158 bus routes were also suspended. Beginning on Thursday, access to an um, Access to all remaining public transportation in Beijing will require proof of a negative nucleic acid test performed within the past seven days. Foreigners living in Beijing braces themselves for a commuting nightmare. A Canadian resident, Richard Posley, said after the five-day, the May Day holiday concluded, and the normal business resumes on Thursday morning. The city officials further announced that schools, restaurants, and other public venues will remain closed indefinitely. Beijing residents were urged to work from home, although most residents' complex have not been turned to into the prison-like uh, as seen in Shanghai. The travel restrictions across China, especially at the port of Shanghai, are combined with the disruptions from the Russian and Ukraine war to create a new global supply chain crisis. The Royal Bank of, Can of Canada on Tuesday estimated that uh, fully one-fifth of the entire global container shipment fleet is currently trapped in port congestion, a great deal of it actually uh, radiating from China. Between the lockdown, 
that uh, obstructed the movement of goods across land in China and uh, this growing port congestion, the average delay for shipments from China to America Importer, American importers is now at least 70 days longer than normal. All right, so we'll keep you updated on what's happening in China and how it affects the United States and the world. Now let's uh, go to the hottest topic in these couple of days, which relates to a draft copy of the Supreme Court's ruling which suggested that the landmark abortion law Roe v. Wade would be overturned, was leaked to the media and generated shocks of wa uh, shock waves around the country. The main question on everybody's minds are like why it was leaked, how it was leaked, and what's the implication and the significance of this incident. So, and actually we also wanted to discuss What's the debate is it really about? What's behind it? Would this have the influence to the justices as they set to make the final decision in summer? Probably we won't be able to get all of the answers, but we would really like to have a meaningful discussion uh, with you together. So yeah, and uh, so before we move uh, forward, Please uh, hit the like button if you have not done so yet. Uh, help us, you know, with the algorithm, you know, with uh, spreading this um, uh, this video. So, all right. So before going to the analysis and discussion, let's just flash back a little bit about the background of the story and the case because the judgment is um, uh, supposedly for a case brought to the Supreme Court four years ago, which is in March 2018. The Mississippi State Legislature passed an, a bill called the Gestational Age Act, which prohibits abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy, except in the case of a medical emergency or a severe fatal anomaly. Um, so, yeah, which also this act was also called uh, a heartbeat bill. So it was considered toughest abortion ban in the nation. The legislature, of course, needed the governor's signature for it to take effect. So Governor of Mississippi Phil Bryant said as he signed the bill, he said, we will probably be sued here in about a half hour, and that'll be fine with me. It's worth fighting over. Sure enough, within a day of signing the bill, Jackson Women's Health Organization, which is the last remaining abortion clinic in Mississippi, sued Dobes, who is an official at the Mississippi State Department of Health. And uh, the health uh, organization, the healthcare organization, arguing that uh, the bill was unconstitutional. It became one of the hottest potato in the Supreme Court's plate. So, which is called um, Do uh, Dopes versus Jackson Women's Health. So that's the case behind uh, in presented in front of the justices. Fast forward to May 2nd, when the Supreme Court's draft ruling on this case back in February, and uh, which is still in an internal judgment process, was leaked and fell into the hands of the media, political. A copy of the draft ruling, which is a 98-page long, leaks out of the court, meaning someone deliberately violated the law and uh, this is something that has never happened in the history. So why did it happen? It probably highlighted the extreme importance of this case. It could also mean those who oppose the draft ruling um, are so panicked that they would uh, disregard the law and the uh, morality, hoping through the media hype and the public pressure to change the outcome of the 
judge, uh, to change the minds of the justice and to change the outcome of the final ruling. So, but there's also possibility that someone wants to distract people and divert attention from other issues or problems as the midterm election is fast approaching. So how do you think? What do you think the reasons for someone dare to disregard the law and the leak the Supreme Court draft judgment? Please leave your comment. And uh, so, you know, there are different possibilities and um, um, we would like to, you know, just see what are all the possibilities out there. So um, since political reported on this leaked document on Monday evening, people from both sides of the issue responded as well as the Supreme Court. Democrats led by Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer held a press conference in front of the Supreme Court to express their outrage. President Joe Biden called on the Congress to codify the Roe v. Wade decision that imposes the rights to abortion on a national level. On the other side of the aisle, Republicans are calling up the Department of Justice and FBI to investigate the leak. This law's action should be investigated and punished to the fullest extent possible fullest extent possible. I'm certain the Chief Justice will seek to get to the bottom of this. If a crime was committed, the Department of Justice must pursue it completely. And the Republican Oversight Committee members uh, sent a letter to the Attorney General Merrick Garland calling on him to investigate. And the letter says, the circumstances of the leak indicate the draft opinion's release was not accidental, but deliberate and calculated. It continues, it stands to reason it was intended to affect either the ultimate outcome of the case or the public's reaction to it, end quote. The Supreme Court on Tuesday verified the authenticity of the leaked draft ruling, but assert that it did not represent the final decision. Chief Justice John Roberts called the leak, quote, a betrayal of the confidences of the institution and tasked the Supreme Court Marshal with looking into how it was leaked to the media. And uh, pro-life advocates celebrate a possible victory nearly uh, five decades in the making. And uh, on the other hand, the pro-abortion activists, uh, activists protested outside of the Supreme Court. And in Los Angeles downtown, the protest against the Supreme Court's uh, purported uh, ruling became violent when some demonstrators through rocks and the bottles at police officers. The LAPD has since declared a citywide tactical alert. So what are the pro-abortion activists, activists are saying? Okay, they are saying they, you know, meaning the pro-life, they say no choice. We say our my choice. So they are taking it as uh, no choice or uh, with choice to abort. And uh, so another, you know, fact is that uh, President Joe Biden, he spoke to the media yesterday. The idea that we're going to make a judgment that is going to say that no one can make the judgment to choose to aborted child based on a decision by the Supreme Court, I think goes way overboard. Okay, notice, I think there are two things is uh, noticeable in his uh, talk. One is uh, he mentioned abort a child. You know, what does that mean, right? And also he was saying, oh, there's uh, nobody can have a choice based on choice to um, Nobody can have the choice or the rights to abortion based on the draft 
ruling of the Supreme Court. Is that true? Okay, that's what we're gonna discuss in the next. However, I wanted to just uh, uh, share with you something I just uh, came by is uh, what Biden said in a statement. You know what he said just you know with the to the media and also in the statement released yesterday saying that if the court does not overturn Roe, it will fall on our nation's elected officials at all levels of government to protect a woman's right to choose. So basically, he's arguing that the government would intervene uh, in such issue, right? However, do you know that uh, Biden Biden actually said in an interview. Uh, back in 2006 with the Texas Monthly that he did not view abortion as a choice and a right. And uh, he believes that the government should be out of, get out of the way. For me, uh, keeping government out of it completely is the way to do it. But I think we should get government into it to change the circumstance where it's more hospitable for women to decide to carry the term rather than to abort. I do not view abortion as a, uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy. And I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. Okay, there we go. So, yeah, that's something to ponder about. And uh, that reminds me, I don't know about you, that uh, what uh, um, Elon Musk tweeted last week, right? He had the, the a scale of the political spectrum from the left to the middle to the right, and he's saying, I did not change. The left has changed. So I think, yeah, that's uh, something we probably could relate to. So, okay, so that's, you know, a, a different topic. But um, is it true that the b debate is really about uh, whether uh, women can have the rights or choice to get abortion? So what's this debate was really about? So before we go into that, I um, wanted to, you know, point out why this case is so important and uh, really worth our attention. Because once the draft becomes final, if uh, it keeps the same stance, the Supreme Court's uh, 1976, uh, 1973 ruling under Roe v. Wade will be repealed. And the Roe v. Wade case not only made abortion a constitutional right, but also led to many other cultural and life topics in issues in the United States. In the end, the dispute the debate became the arbitration of the nine justices in the Supreme Court. And since then, the legalization of same-sex marriage in the United States, the inability to pray in school, and uh, the use of uh, embryos as a source of the stem cells and some other important social disputes have been finalized by the Supreme Court and become national conclusion. So that's the implication of the Roe v. Wade. And that's why it is very important how the Supreme Court would finally have a judgment on it. So for people who are familiar with the American history, especially for those hold more traditional or conservative ideas, you would feel that uh, this matter is just so huge, right? And it has an extremely significant symbolic role, which could affect the future of the United States and our future way of life uh, in many aspects. How so? First of all, let's uh, talk about the abortion controversy itself. In the, in the United States, uh, our country is founded upon Christianity or religious people, such as uh, people who hold conservative views, think that uh, the baby in the mom's womb is already alive and you cannot abort as you wish. As a mother, you may have, you have your freedom, right? You have the rights for freedom. Then for the baby who cannot speak yet, what's his or her freedom? So people see abortion as an important question about how you treat life. 
So is the Roe v. Wade the debate over whether a woman can have the rights or choice to get abortion? Actually, the answer that we have is no. The Roe v. Wade case in 1973 and the 2018 Dubs v. Jackson Women's Health are not about whether or not women can have the abortion rights, but it is about who get to decide whether to have an abortion. So let's talk about the whole story from the beginning. In 1973, a 20-year-old waitress in Dallas, Texas, her name is Norma McCovey. She was pregnant for the third time, and she's not married at that time and did not want to have the child, uh, did not want to bear the child. But abortion at that time was not allowed in Texas. So she made up some story saying that she was raped by a group of black men in order to qualify for abortion, but eventually the scheme was not successful. In desperation, she was referred to two progressive lawyers who were looking for women who were seeking abortions. So with the help of the lawyers, McCorvey sued the government of Texas. She told the press her name was uh, Jane Rowe, and the defendant was the district attorney of Dallas County in Texas. His name is Henry Wade, and that's how the case was called Roe versus Wade, Roe v. Wade. The case went all the way to the Supreme Court. The Supreme, judge, uh, the Supreme Court judge made a judgment three years later in 1973, defining abortion as a human right, ruling the Texas uh, government uh, lose the case and uh, revoked the law prohibiting abortion. The judgment also abolished uh, the laws prohibiting abortion in 48 states in the United States at that time, making abortion a human rights nationwide. So what is the basis for the Supreme Court Justice uh, to make such judgment at that time. It mainly was the 14th Amendment to the Constitution, which states that the states cannot make laws that violate the human rights of Americans. When the Roe v. Wade case was decided, the conservatives um, was just kind of uh, surprised and uh, stunned, and did not know how to deal with it. As time goes by, Conservatives and the constitutional scholars gradually came back to it and realized the 1973 judgment based on the 14th Amendment is utterly wrong. It undermined the true spirit of the Constitution with extremely serious repercussions. The draft ruling leaked to the media was very critical to the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision in a very straightforward way. The constitutionalists and the conservatives felt relieved, and of course, the progressives are furious. So at this point, let's talk about the nature of this debate and the controversy. When the Founding Fathers designed the United States um, Constitution, there were two very important ideas. One was that they did not want to make the federal government too powerful, because if a powerful central government goes out of control and turned into tyranny or dictatorship, it would cause great harm to the people. Just you know, look at what's happening in Shanghai right now, right? A single policy by the government could make hundreds of thousands of people go on hungry in this most prosperous city in China. So therefore, what the federal government can do and cannot do, according to the Founding Fathers, is very clearly defined. It is called enumerated rights. There are 21 rights including such as um, foreign affairs, national defense, international commerce, interstate commerce, uh, coinage, bankruptcy, copyrights, postal services, and so on and so forth. So that's all of it, 21 enumerated rights. 
And beyond these, it's not the business of the federal government. And the second idea by the founding fathers uh, when they put together the constitution is that the federal government can only do what they are suitable for and cannot do what they are not suitable for. What are the suitable things for them to do? It is the above 21 things that we just discussed, right? And then what are the things that are not suitable for the federal government to do? It is about, um, in generally speaking, it's about how people live their lives. For example, what kind of houses are not allowed to build, the, the zonings, the, which the schools their children goes to, and uh, how to do business, and the, whether they can have abortions, things like that. These should not be controlled by the federal government at all because the federal government is so far away in Washington, D.C. How could they know and what do they know about people's daily life and the issues in their lives? But how to make sure that uh, the federal government won't be intruding into people's life? The Founding Fathers stipulated in the Constitution that all the rights that are not enumerated belong to the state and the people of the states. So it's clear, 21 things um, belongs to the right, the things that uh, the federal government can do. And other than that, everything belongs to the state to decide. Therefore, in regards to whether to have an abortion or not, the constitution does not give the federal government the right to decide. This is the life of the common people and should be managed, decided by the common people. And how it should be done, whether or not to have abortion is up to the state to decide. And the elected representatives in the state will make the decision. For example, in 1970, Washington state was the first one to legalize abortion. And up to 1973, Texas still make uh, still regard abortion as illegal. This is the design of the founding fathers that each state decides for itself. Each state can have a different decision, and they should be different because uh, people are different, and the, the life um, of people in each state are probably different. And each state is an experiment. Uh, of America. And uh, for each state, once it has decision, it will have uh, you know, results or consequence. And the people in other states, they can see that. And that they will see whether their state has a better decision, better policy, or the other states have better, state, uh, better decisions or policies. And then people will vote by feet, right? they will see, oh, the other state um, seems more prosperous than ours and that their pro uh, policies are different. And, uh, you know, some just decide to move over to the other state. So that's how it, it's designed and that's how it works. All right, so how did Roe v. Wade break through these principles set by the Founding Fathers then? We have to go back to all the way to 1868. Yes, 1868. The United States just ended the Civil War at that time and was uh, rebuilding the South. Although the African Americans were free and no longer slaves, the defeated Southern states were reluctant to accept the reality. Although the black people could not be slaved anymore, the southern states still imposed a lot of restrictions on them, such as uh, the black children could not go to certain schools, black people could not take the front rows in the bus, and uh, black people cannot apply for certain jobs, so on and so forth. In order to break through such uh, uh, obstacles, the federal government, the union, hastily passed the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. And in this amendment, there are two main points. One is the right to become a U.S. citizen by birth. We all know 
what happened to it today, right? The anchor baby, uh, it just it comes from uh, it comes from this uh, amendment, and we know a lot of you know foreigners, including a lot of people in from China, they just come to the United States just in order to um, just uh, give a birth to a baby who automatically an a uh, U.S. citizen, and it created a lot of problem. But originally, this you know this law, this amendment uh, for this point is was meant to give. It was meant to give um, the in the birth, the, the like the citizen by birth to the black people. And so that's the first failure of the Fourteenth Amendment. The second point of this amendment is uh, states cannot make laws that deny the rights of the people. So the original um, purpose for this point was for the southern states cannot make laws that deny the rights of black people. But when it's written uh, on the paper and generalize it and it got passed, another mis big mistake is made. So why is that? Remember we talked about a bit earlier the design of the Constitution by our founding fathers is that the power of the federal government is limited, but the power of the states is unlimited. All the issues related to people's um, daily life are to be decided largely by the states, which you know is really closer to the people. But the Fourteenth Amendment comes with this sentence that states cannot make laws that deny the rights of the American people. So the states got their hands tied. First of all, the state's power is no longer unlimited as the Constitution defines. And the second, what are the rights of the people, right? As it, you know, mentioned in this amendment. And who defines those rights? Where are they defined? So the Supreme Court in 1973 decided on its own that they believe abortion is the right of the people. So under 14th Amendment, you cannot uh, outlaw the abortion in Texas and not even with all the other states. And the states cannot have the say, the Supreme Court, you know, or the federal government has the say. In this way, the Supreme Court took back the unlimited power of the states. And with the very useful vehicle of the 14th Amendment, the Supreme Court can always say that, you know, so those controversial matters are the rights of the people it would issue verdicts and then push to the whole country. So that's how the legalization of uh, same-sex marriage, the illegalization of uh, school prayers, and uh, various other new rights promoted by the extreme left got their way. And uh, one by one, the precedent set by the case of uh, Roe v. Wade was followed by the Supreme Court and determined. Since then, the nine justices on the bench who are far away in D.C. have been making more and more decisions on how Americans uh, should live their life. As time goes on, the ramifications of the Roe v. Wade decision has become more and more obvious. Now, the Supreme Court, with the original constitutionalist justice about two or three, arguably, plus the three justices appointed uh, by President Trump, total, you know, six or five, could finally correct the original big mistake and the return rights to the states and the people. So let's take a look what's said in this draft ruling leaked to the media. So Justice Alito was uh, said that uh, drafted this opinion, and he wrote, for the first 185 years after the adoption of the Constitution, each state was permitted to address this issue in accordance with the views of its citizens. So he talked about uh, before, uh, before the Roe v. Wade 
and it continues saying that uh, we hold that Roe v. Wade, Roe, uh, Roe and Casey must be overruled. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision, including the one on which the defenders of Roe and Casey now chiefly apply, the Due Process Clause of the Fourteenth Amendment. And it continued to say that not only was there no support for such a constitutional right until shortly before Roe, but abortion had long been a crime in every single state. And it says, we explained why Roe was incorrectly decided, but that decision was more than just wrong. It stood on exceptionally weak grounds. Roe found that the Constitution implicitly conferred a right to obtain an abortion, but it failed to ground its decision in text, history, or present. And the ruling said uh, it relies on an erroneous historical narrative. It devoted great attention to um, and presumably relied on matters that have no bearing on the meaning of the Constitution. So someone may ask, the Supreme Court does not dare to take the 2020 election case, and uh, what do you expect them to do uh, in this case? But um, it may not be so um, as, you, you know, as one thinks, because the election case is really unprecedented. It requires not only the wisdom, the knowledge, but also a lot of courage to take such cases. However, this abortion issue has a long history as deliberated in the draft ruling. Let's continue to take a look at what the ruling said. That provision has been held to guarantee some rights that are not mentioned in the Constitution. Any such right must be deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition and implicit the, uh, in the concept of orderly liberty. So it emphasized the, uh, in the nation's history and the tradition uh, because the abortion has long been regarded as illegal and even a crime. So there is a root for such view. The draft ruling said that until the latter part of the 20th century, such a right to abortion was entirely unknown in American law. Therefore, Roe was uh, egregiously wrong for the start. Its reasoning was exceptionally weak, and the decision has had damaging consequences. And it continues saying that uh, the inescapable conclusion is that a right to abortion is not deeply rooted in the nation's history and traditions. On the contrary, an unbroken tradition of prohibiting abortion on pain of criminal punishment persisted from the earliest day of the common law until 1973. And it says, it's time to heed the Constitution and the returned issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives, which means that this issue, the decision of whether uh, women have rights to abortion should go back to our each state, for each state to determine. The draft ruling noted that 26 states expressly asked the Supreme Court to overrule Roe and, the, rule and, the, Roe and the Casey and to return the issue of abortion to the people and uh, their elected representatives. The court cannot bring about the permanent resolution of a rancorous national controversy simply by dictating a settlement and telling the people to move on. And it said uh, it could not only use the op uh, opinion of the court, but um, not by and the, the court believes that they cannot uh, try to influence the public by simply exercising, uh, quote, raw judicial power. And uh, it says with that, 
we Americans should have the opportunity to restore the and reshape way of life and our future. So, what's really fundamentally important? Uh, what's the really uh, the fundamental importance of this case? Here, I would like to just insert a side note. Roe, you know, whose uh, original name is uh, Norma McCorvey, flipped flopped on his her story. Actually, she first stated that uh, she um, had uh, sought an abortion because she was uh, unemployable and uh, greatly depressed. That was her reason. But then, ten years later, after the case was decided. In 1983, she told the press that she had been raped. That's why she wanted abortion. But then, after a couple of years later, she said the rape claim was untrue. Shortly before her death, McCorvey confessed in an interview that she had been paid to speak against abortion, although she continues to have the abortion rights belief. So. This case was decided on such a claim, which was flip-flopped and a lot of uh, fabricated um, facts in there. So the draft ruling, which was leaked, began and end with exactly same message, and I think it's worth noting. In the beginning of the ruling, it says, "Abortion presents." Profound moral issue on which Americans hold sharply conflicting views. And at the end of the decision, it wrote, "We end this opinion.、Uh, we end this opinion where we began. Abortion represents a profound moral question. The Constitution does not prohibit." The citizens of each state, from regulating or prohibiting abortion, Roe and Casey arrogated that authority. We now overrule such decisions and return that authority to the people and their elected representatives. So, Justice Alito and、uh, some of the other justices believe this is a moral decision, and、uh, it is so true. I think. When we、um, just、uh, reflect back what our founding fathers、uh, have said in this regard, and、uh, it's for each state to decide whether which side of the morality it will stand. And、uh, you know, since the state representatives are elected by the people, so it would really reflect the majority people's、uh, morality. Our founding fathers val- value the moral and the virtue a lot. For example, John Adams said, "Our Constitution was made only for a moral and a religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any others." George Washington said, "Virtue or morality is a necessary spring of popular government." Benjamin Franklin said, "Only a virtuous people are capable of freedom." He also said in 1787, at the which is the last day of the Constitutional Convention, he said, "We got a public, or we got a republic, if you can keep it." He was answering to an old woman's question. So yes, a republic, if we can keep it, can we? And、uh, the really is the moral issue that we are facing. So then, you know, in regards to the question why this document was leaked, it's a big question, and everybody was asking, right? But it's probably hard to get a straightforward answer. And some believe that maybe it is because, you know, as we discussed, such it's such it's such important topic, right? Such important issue, and the decision could have a, a huge impact. And also, there are people believe that、uh, maybe it's because the Democrats are trying to divert voters' attention because、uh, you know they're facing very difficult issues such as the energy shortage, the inflation issues,、uh, border crisis, and、uh, also possibly the Hunter Biden laptops, etc. And、uh, maybe they try to rouse the pro-abortion voters to turn out to vote in the midterm. 
California Congressman Eric Swalwell tweeted uh, yesterday that um, actually I think it's the day it's on the May 2nd. He said the Republican won't stop with banning abortion. They want to ban interracial marriage. Do you want to save that? Well, then you should probably vote. And the Michigan Senate Democratic leader Jim Ananich tweeted, this is not a singular issue, but a turning back of what generations of Americans recognize as our rights. This is a step toward undoing of our country. So obviously, at least some of the Democrats are using this to try to energize uh, their, you know, the voters who are anti-abortion, uh, who's uh, pro-abortion. And um, so how do you think, you know, how this could uh, or would affect the midterm election? would like to see your opinion. Yeah, please leave your comments over there. And uh, another question is, um, I think people are so very curious, would the justices change their minds under the public pressure because of this leak, right? It is truly a very good question and a viable question. So from the draft ruling, we can see that the justices uh, kind of anticipated uh, the public's, the reactions from the public as written in this uh, copy of uh, draft ruling. It, it says, we do not pretend to know how our political system or society will respond to today's decision overruling Roe and uh, Casey. And even if we could foresee what will happen, we would have no authority to let that knowledge influence our decision. We can only do our job, which is to interpret the law, apply long-standing principles of stare dec uh, decisis, and decides this case accordingly. So looks like the justices you know, anticipated there could be just, uh, you know, different reactions from the public uh, in regards to this decision. But did they anticipate the leak and the media hype and the public pressure goes along with that? Probably not, right? Who would anticipate uh, such ruling, a draft ruling would be leaked from the court and goes all, you know, get its way into the publisher of political. So what would be the consequence of such leak? You know, it's really hard to tell. And um, will all those um, justices have a strong spine to stay on what they believe in based on this uh, draft ruling? So what's your you know, what's, how do you think? And uh, we can just have a dis discussion on, uh, over that. So please leave your comments. So, yeah, and uh, so, and, you know, there are also like, you know, again, for the Democrats, they are probably also talking about pack the court, and, uh, but uh, with the only six months before the election and also the justices actually are anticipating to release their final decision in summer. So only just a couple months, probably it's, there's no time for the Democrats who, you know, uh, wanted to pack the court to really achieve that. And not to mention some, you know, a couple of the Democratic um, representatives probably are uh, against that, for example, Joe Manchin, right? So um, in the short term, it won't be possible, but what's, but what about long term? So the upcoming election, the midterm election is truly very important. All right, so uh, I'd like to, you know, go to some of your comments here. Um, let's see. Um, 
Tingting said that when all else fails, Biden tries to blame something else and not his own <laughs> stupidity. Okay, and um, uh, Louis said the the two thousand mules came out, and yes, Hunter laptop Google it, people, but the Hunter truth is this. Thing. Yeah, the twenty, the two, the two thousand mules. Um, we, I actually did a report on that uh, a few weeks ago. This document documentary is coming out. Um, okay. James California said all the problems have been created by government. Yes. And uh, just like uh, President Reagan once said, right? When the you know, it's the, the the problem is with the government. When and when the government comes to say they wanted to solve a problem, and that's the problem. Uh, Louis said, uh, uh, "Yes, we can, Kathy, with patriots like you and those in this forum." Yeah, thank you. And um, let's see some other comments. Louis said that we must uh, all do our part to wake up those who are ignorant. Yeah, very good point. I think, you know, a lot of things are uh, happening. Um, you know, we, we should not let it just go by or just uh, feel upset about it or feel excited about it. Everything, you know, it has its, when it happens, uh, it has a purpose. So it is so true that, uh, you know, if you feel something is uh, so important, so true, share with people around you. And uh, again, you, you know, I appreciate that you would uh, uh, spread our video our show to your friends, to people around you. And Mark said, uh, Kathy, always well presented. Thank you, Mark. Um, and uh, wow, yeah, the, there are a lot of comments. I probably won't be able to go through all of them, um, but uh, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's such an important uh, thing, issue that's um, in, front, in front of us. And I think it is a very, meaningful for us uh, to look into it, to learn from it, and uh, to discuss about it. So really appreciate that uh, you are being with me for this show and uh, sharing all of your thoughts uh, with us. And uh, I will continue to read your comments and reply to it after the show. But uh, I think uh, for now, you know, we'll just end here. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have a joke for you. Uh, blame on Wei, right? He didn't provide me, uh, provide one with uh, to me. Uh, so maybe next time. All right. So uh, again, appreciate uh, your being with me, and appreciate your support and uh, sharing with all of us. Take care. Good night, and uh, we'll see you on Friday. Bye bye.